Welcome to the Kim Doyle Show, where I believe business should be fun. Creating, marketing, and mastering your craft is as much about the day-to-day as it is about the big wins and even the epic fails. In this podcast, we're going to talk about all things content marketing, digital marketing, a little bit of mindset, and how to just show up by creating an online business and income that fits your lifestyle. Hey, what's up, long time no talk? Welcome back to another episode of the Kim Doyle Show. I, of course, am your host, Kim Doyle, and holy hot minute. I know you guys, I'm telling you, it has just been a bit of a whirlwind since moving to Costa Rica, which is kind of funny because the whole Pura Vida, you know, tranquila, like relaxed environment, um, I, I just think I've been busy just getting into a new routine and day-to-day life. So before we get into today's episode, which is called Creating the Runway for Your Offer, Creating the Runway for a Successful Offer, I should say, um, I want to just give you guys a quick update about what's been going on because it's been it's been amazing, actually. And I have been here uh, in a week from this recording. It'll be three months, man. Time, time goes quick. I'm telling you, time flies when you're having fun. Um, <laughs> But it's it's been a lot of settling in and getting situated and really starting to feel like, okay, this is home. What does my day-to-day routine look like? You know, and I had a call with my mentor this morning and she asked me, um, you know, what has, I forget the exact way she phrased it, something about, you know, what's changed, what in your life has changed or what feels different um, since moving to Costa Rica. And I said, honestly, you know, my day-to-day is is pretty similar. I'm I'm a routine gal. I definitely like my Monday through Friday um kind of work routine Fridays. Fridays are definitely the more uh loosely scheduled. I prefer not having calls that day and because I um don't have a car down here, I try to allow myself that day to either hitch a ride or go with uh, my friend Molly. Uh, to take care of stuff. So that, however, shall be remedied. Uh, hopefully in September, I'm so I'm heading back to California for a week on August 29th. And um, it was the timing worked out really well. So right now, I, I think I've shared this with you guys that Costa Rica, I'm here basically on a tourist visa, which allows you to stay in the country 90 days. And then you have to do a border run at 90 days, which you literally there are um, organized border runs and you can do a shuttle, you go up, you get your passport stamped, you come back in the country. However, what I'm probably going to look into this fall is doing, um, they have just passed a new visa called the Digital Nomad Visa that when you show you have, I don't know, I think it's like $3,000 worth of income a month, you work online, then you can stay in the country for a year without having to do the border runs. So I'll probably look into that when I get back as well as doing, um, I'm going to get a car. It's kind of driving me crazy. I definitely could walk to restaurants and some shops, but it's interesting. The grocery stores here um, are, if you go to like to the fruit stands, the farmer's market, obviously that the prices are great there, but for like grocery runs, um, you have to kind of know where to shop for what. Um, my mentor had taken me out one day, uh, gosh, yes, yeah, July. And we'd hit like three stores and she was like, don't buy that here, buy it here, buy it here. You know, because this one store, it's called Auto Mercado. And it's, it reminds me of a Whole Foods pricing, you know? So you're like, huh, I have two and a half bags of groceries. And that was like $150. <laughs> so, you know, it's still finding my footing with a lot of that stuff here. But getting a car is definitely on the on the agenda. So when I head back to California next week, I will be selling my car back. I mean, back. I and you guys, here's the funny thing. Okay, like you you get outside of your day to day, and it's amazing when perspectives change. So I bought my car is only well, it's not two years old, but I bought it used. Um, I love my car. It's an Audi Q5, um, and but I got it at CarMax and. It's great. I love it. And then I sat with it in Idaho for a year. So the mileage has been not, it's been good. Um, I actually let my daughter use it for the last few months. And she's like, your car costs too much to fill. <laughs> so she, 
her car's up at my dad's. Anyway, long story short, I've got a busy week in California. When I head back, I will be selling my car back to CarMax. And apparently my dad was telling me there's like a used car shortage that they're kind of in demand right now, which is very interesting. And the interesting thing with cars in Costa Rica, for anybody contemplating thinking about this, just understand all of this. They are ridiculously expensive because it costs a lot of money to bring a car in here. There's import taxes. And even that, this country is really making headway to make it easier for people to live here and invest in the country. So they passed. So in a digital, in a digital, in addition to the digital nomad visa, they are, have passed something that there's three ways that you can import a car tax free because otherwise what they do is they tax you. There's a 50% import tax on what they assign is the value of your car, right? So let's say they decide, you know, your car, it, it could, and it could be a 15 year old car and they may say, well, we, we've decided it's worth $20,000. Therefore you owe us a $10,000 import tax. It just doesn't make sense. Not to mention you have to pay to get it shipped here. So now what they're doing, um, again, for anybody thinking of, of coming into Costa Rica, there are three ways you can invest in the country. So you can buy property or a, or a business, which they will allow you. And they've lowered that. It used to be $200,000, so it's $150,000. So if you want to buy a property, keep in mind, if you're not a resident, you have to buy outright cash. You can't finance property here until you are a resident or you do like, you know, I guess there's a lot of owner financing. You can come in as a pensioner to show you have X amount of pension coming in every month, but then you still have to put a certain amount of money in the bank, I believe, or as a renter showing you make X amount of money a month. It's probably similar to the digital nomad visa. You have to show you have a $3,000 a month income, and then you have to put $60,000 into a bank, into a Costa Rican bank, which then they actually pay you every month $2,500 of your own money back. So, and you can't open a bank account without being a resident. So there's all that. It's just, it's been very interesting. Um, and even with the banking situation, I, I have lots to look into uh, in terms of finding a bank that doesn't have, I mean, the fees get a little bit nutty. Um, so I try to get cash out because a lot of people like the housekeeper, I have to pay her in cash. And, you know, so it's, it's just, it, there's a learning curve, guys. There's a learning curve. And it's all been worth it though. It's all absolutely been worth it. I love it here. Um, we are going into, I guess this is the rainy season. It's been pretty much like I wake up and it's blue and it's dry. And then by midday, well, it's only 1130 right now and there's clouds and a breeze. And I have been told September and October are the rainiest months of the year, which I kind of don't mind. Um, because I'm one of those, I am one of those nutty pumpkin spice people and I will miss fall. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to be bringing back some pumpkin spice scents for myself uh, for in California. But uh, yeah, I've got some crazy great things happening, launching. So I don't mind a little bit of hunkering down and who doesn't love like a cozy rainy day with movies or something? You know what I mean? So anyways, I, you know, my intention, I thought I'd get down here and get back on track with the podcast. And yeah, I think after my California trip, it should be much more smooth sailing. Um, I don't have any plans to go anywhere, really. I will be heading back to California for Christmas. And it might... September, October? No. I think I may have to do a border run, depending on the process of the digital nomad visa when I get back. So we'll see. Anyways, let's get into today's episode. I just wanted to give you guys an update, and I will get better, I should say, about posting some more pictures. And um, I have my uh, com site where my intention was to do weekly newsletters and that hasn't even started. So if you have signed up, it's coming, I promise. Um, but I, I just want to jump in to the content for today and probably going to have some big announcements coming in the next few weeks. So, all right, let's jump into creating the runway for a successful offer. And I've been thinking about this a lot as I get closer to launching a community of my own. Um, I am launching this fall, uh, the F the Hustle community, and more details will be coming on that. But 
I think we all have experiences of launching something and it doesn't go as well as we had hoped, right? We plan for it, we create the thing, and we get ready to start marketing it. Then when the time comes to release our offer to our audience, it falls flat, or at least it doesn't do what we hoped it would. And I want to go deeper into this today because I've experienced both sides of the coin. It also fits really nicely with the F the Hustle movement. Yeah, I'm calling it a movement, guys. That's I'm that committed to it. Because doing better work should lead to less hustle and greater rewards. And I'm here to tell you, not only should it, it does. Because I have, I am firsthand living proof and experience of that. Um, and what's make me, what's really gotten me excited about this is that it's opened my eyes to a completely different and much more deliberate marketing strategy, which if done intentionally will always work because you're basically setting yourself up for a way that no matter what happens, you course correct and you tweak. And, and I, I kid you not, when you do it this way, it will work to the degree that it works is going to vary based on prep time, experience, audience, all of those things. So creating the runway. Before I dig too much into creating the runway, I want to be clear that what I'm referring to is much more like it's, it's about setting the stage and being in alignment. And I've talked about alignment and intention and all of that on this, on my show before. And I'm just here to tell you that you're going to hear a lot more about that. And I'm always going to do my best to relate it to something tangible because they really go hand in hand. But here's an example. So when Jody and I launched the Content Creators Planner, it was not out of left field for me to be creating a physical planner for developing a content strategy. I had started the Content Creators Facebook group two years prior to that. And I had been talking about content and content marketing. And I was really living by my hashtag everything is content motto. So creating and selling the content creators planner was completely in alignment with, uh, with how I had been showing up. <laughs> Side note off script. Uh, so I had this great call with my mentor this morning, like I said. And one of the things that I have been working on, I'm a big believer in intentions. And I am always doing sort of personal work. I, I believe 100% in showing up in this lifetime for constant growth, right? And I don't, doesn't mean, not, 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 wow, easy for me to say, not like struggle growth necessarily, but I love learning and challenging myself to being the best version I can of myself, right? So she said, show up or get out. <laughs> Which we were talking about something specific. And again, not to be cryptic, but more on that later. But I love it. Show up or get out. Like, if you're not going to show up, what's the point in doing it? You know what I mean? Like, go all in. Anyway, so when I announced the Content Creators Planner, it wasn't a shock. I had this Content Creators Facebook group. I'd been talking about content, we had the audience. And so the time it took from our initial conversation when I reached out to Jody about creating the planner together and then launching it to the world was only four months. Mind you, it was an absolute crazy four months we did it. And so even though that window was small, people were already used to hearing me talk about content marketing. As soon as we had a logo and the initial pages drafted, we started sharing it. And I remember Jody being like, what? Because... She didn't know I had shared it. I did a screenshot on a Zoom call. And I was like, oh my God, look what we're doing. Anyways, the whole point of this is this is why it worked. We were completely in alignment. The audience, you know, it wasn't like I had been just talking about, I don't know, like I have a podcast and years ago I did a done for you podcast service, but that would have felt out of left field at that time because I hadn't been talking about it. So we went from a failed Kickstarter to a pre-sale on our own website the week after Christmas. And I've shared the whole story, you guys. I don't know why I thought I needed to do a Kickstarter, but whatever. Um, we announced the pre-sale on New Year's Eve and successfully funded the whole production of the planner. We didn't have it in our hands until March, but people had been on the journey with us for months already. And they, they believed in us. They trusted us. Big key there. They trusted us that we were going to deliver on what we promised. And 
they were, you know, they were happy to do that because they were invested in us successfully getting this planner done because they wanted it. I had a ton of people, side note, because with, with Kickstarter, you don't get the name and email address of your backers. You just, uh, you can just contact them through the platform. You get that if you reach your funding goal. So I literally had to copy and paste and resp- tell everybody, look, it looks like we're not going to hit our goal. However, we're still moving forward. You know, people are like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're going to move forward. Still, I really want this, blah, blah, blah. So anyways, you know, the whole thing with this is it's not only about the launch of your product service offer. It's making sure that when you're ready to market your offer, it's in complete alignment with what you've been doing and how you've been showing up. And it's something I've been doing for as long as I can remember, but it it simply wasn't as intentional as it is today. So the beauty of more runway means you have more freedom. This is where the magic happens. Bear with me finishing coffee number two and water by my side. So as an example, I have a friend who is in my email marketing, email insiders VIP group right now. Like I said, I'm going to run another group. I might be able to do 15 people, um, but it's been a very tight, a lot of one-on-one with me. And it's so fun to see friendships and relationships develop independent of me also. But so I've got a gal in my group and she does social media marketing for clients and she's really active on these platforms. She doesn't just create images and accompanying text and then schedule, you know, which is a lot of, and I'm not here to bash and I don't have data on this guys, but I have worked with a handful of social media people and it tends to be more of, we make the images, the text, we schedule it and then off to the races, right? This gal is different. She digs deeper into what's working for the different platforms and she tests and tweaks with engagement as well. So, you know, unless you are only paying someone to post, the engagement and the conversations that happen on these platforms is really kind of the make or break deal. But one of the things I asked her about recently was Twitter threads. What up, Karen? I should just give you a shout out and say hello. Um, But as I've gotten more active on Twitter lately, I've noticed how popular Twitter threads have become. Well, (laughs) I should say, they're popular and new to me, right? They've been around for a while. But so I asked her about them because I like reading them. And I'm always amazed when I click through from a newsletter or another article to what I think is going to be an article. And it's a Twitter thread explaining a process or a system or step-by-step instructions on something. Um, Because I was telling her, I think Twitter threads would be a great way to share the newsletter every week. Because what I could do is I could tag people I was mentioning and referencing in the newsletter on Twitter And the segments of the newsletter would make for unique tweets. So as an example, let me, let me try and do this really quick. So I always do in the F the hustle newsletter. I have like an introductory post. Sorry guys, the dogs, I should have closed the blinds. Um, All windows up here, which is amazing. But one of my dogs just perches herself on the couch to bark at people three stories below. Anyway. So with the newsletter, I've got this introductory post and then I, I share a couple of articles. I share usually three to four tools. I usually share something funny. Um, and sometimes I'll do newsletters or podcasts and maybe a call to action for a product or service that I'm offering. Uh, and, and that's that's kind of the, the gist of it. But each of those segments could be a tweet. And so being able to share someone else's article, and all I need to do is repurpose, is copy, because I usually do one to two lines of text. So I could include those couple lines of text and then a shout out and then tag the tool, the author, the person I'm mentioning, right? And so she loved that idea, talked about what she knew. We were on a call um, about Twitter threads and she encouraged me to test it, which I have not yet. I will in September when I get back. Um, but, But the whole thing about this is because of what she had been talking about and sharing on our calls, and I knew that she had sort of this inside scoop so to speak, of what is and isn't working on Twitter, my first thought was to ask her if she'd be interested in doing a paid workshop on Twitter threads for my audience. Naturally, she said yes, and she was super excited. Um, but I think it's 
a perfect example that she's in alignment and she has created the runway for this offer. I mean, that's her business. She does social media marketing for clients. Obviously, she does her own stuff. She's got her own newsletter and her newsletters go in depth with tutorials. I, I mean, and tips. It's it's really, really good. And I thought this is perfect. We need to dial this in. But because of what I'd seen her doing, how she showed up, what she was talking about, I immediately said, look, I've got the audience. You've got the skill set. Let's do this together. So, and this is something um, that had I not seen what she was doing, obviously I wouldn't have asked her, right? This is where the magic happens. You can put out a one-time workshop, a webinar, a paid ebook, or training without worrying about whether or not it's something your audience wants your audience wants from you. If you've gotten engagement and feedback from what you've been sharing all along, it's going to sell. You know, how well depends on the offer itself and how you've positioned it. But you get my point. You know, it's kind of like what I was... Um, all right, had to do a quick pause there. Again, sorry for the barking, guys. But, um, you know, it, it's kind of like where when I offered email insiders, it was just this gut hunch that, you know what, I want to dig deeper with people. I have gotten obsessed with email marketing and newsletters. I love them. They're obviously both here to stay. My prediction is that newsletters will become a standard form of content, just like blog posts or video or podcasts. But I really wanted to go deeper with people. I wanted to figure out where they were struggling, what was getting in the way. And, you know, the most unique thing about all this, guys, is it's it really wasn't the technical piece of it, right? Most email service providers, I use ConvertKit for Kim Doyle. And, you know, they're all similar-ish enough that the language, they have similar functionality. Some go deeper with e-commerce, some go deeper with you know, brand, um, HTML editors, it just, whatever. But I intentionally said, want my personal help. I put it out. I sold 10 spots and it's been a great journey. They were the pilot program. They have lifetime access to it and it's been invaluable to get their feedback and see where people struggle. And I, I, I'm pretty confident saying that I over-delivered in terms of I hopped on a lot of one-on-one calls with people because I wanted to get the data. I wanted to get the research. Yes, they paid for it, but I was there to show up 100%. And so I am able to now tweak that and test it and keep making it the best product it can be whenever I run these cohorts. And I don't think I'll ever change it from being an intimate setting where I work personally with people. How that looks is different. I'm creating a foundational course to accompany that now. But the point being, people had seen me emailing, talking about it. I produced newsletter on my site. We have one on the planner. So it was totally in alignment when I made that offer, right? All right. So let, let's talk about the timeline now for creating the runway. I truly believe there's no such thing as too soon to start talking about what you're doing. Even if you're just getting started, you need to be clear on the following things. Number one, who your audience is. Number two, how you serve them. Number three, what their problems are. And number four, how you can help solve those problems. So let me just do a little bit deeper here. So when I talk about who your audience is, we've all done the, you know, ideal customer avatar, but I want you to think a little bit deeper with that. Include the psychographics, which if you've not ever done that, I my psychographics for my ideal person is someone who takes complete responsibility for every condition of their business and someone who is willing to do the work. And the third is I want people who are positive and are willing to find the silver lining, so to speak. We all have those, you know, life's hard, guys. I get it challenges and problems that come up. But when you look at it as a learning and you can flip it, right? So when you start doing the who your audience is, so I look at that now as another example with F the Hustle community. Like I know who that's targeting, right? So I've done the demographics. I've done the psychographics. I'm also really painting the picture of this as a current business owner who has been in business. They want leverage. They're 
stuck in the time for money trap, you know, so I keep going deeper. And so you understand where I'm coming from with that. I'm working with a coach to help me do this and drill down. And I keep revisiting it. I keep going back and I'm like, well, how are they feeling at this stage? And what what are their challenges, right? So don't do the generic, um, you know, my ideal customer avatar is this old, they shop here, they make this much money, they have 2.3 children. I always wondered about those stats, but you know what I mean? So get into the head of your audiences, how you serve them, what's different about the pro- how you solve their problems, how you serve them. So I serve them through content, whether email, podcast, regardless of how sporadic, podcast, uh, video, live streams. That's how I show up. And if you don't want to do all those things, say, I, I'm strictly email only. There's a guy I follow on Medium. I highly recommend you follow him and subscribe. August Birch, he has a site. You, I think you can go to thebookmechanic.com. All his products are all text-based. So I bought his, I think it's called Tiny Launch. And all the lessons are PDFs. Like, this is kind of awesome. Like, I, And it sells. And it does great. He has a whole article on, what what is it called? Follow him on Medium. I, I think he set it up in his email f- sequences. But where he says how I built the course that pays my mortgage or something. And they're all, you know, like $127 products. Um, but the point is, he is a writer. So that's what he does. He writes. So that's how you serve them. Getting clear on what their problems are. So where I was telling you that I did this in kind of intense cohort and offered multiple times, who wants to hop on a one-on-one? Do you need help with that? Let me help you map out your email sequence. Let me help you get clear on this. Do you need, let me help you with your landing page. Whatever it was, I got to have one-on-one conversations and get crystal clear on what the problems are that my my ideal person uh, avatar, customer, whatever you want to call it. But I got really clear on what their problems are because they told me and I talked through them with them. And then how you help them with those problems, right? So I have, like I said, 10 people in email insiders right now. I want to say seven of them will have their newsletters launched. And that was a, that was kind of a byproduct. That wasn't the intention of the group, but they all wanted to uh, because they believe in that as well. So for what it's worth, think of these things as ever evolving, meaning the deeper you go with people, the more you're going to learn. The more you learn, the better your message becomes. And it's it's way easier to sell your offers because you're giving people exactly what they want. And you're using their language to say, I get it. You struggle with finding subscribers for your newsletter, you know, as an example. So the timeline is going to depend on what it is you want to offer. The higher the price point, the longer the runway. And I believe this guys. And the other side of this, I am also somebody who does a little bit of ready fire aim. I pulled the trigger on email insiders quickly. It was an idea. I didn't do a sales page for it. I didn't do sign up like nothing. I literally emailed emailed my list and said, hit reply if you want to hop on a call. And I hopped on a call. They were, you know, 30 minutes to an hour with each person about what they were looking for, what they hope to accomplish. And from that, I even had one person that I said, I think coaching would be better for you so we can go deeper. And I mean, it was it was amazing, you guys. But again, I had been showing up. So even though I made a decision to launch that quickly, put the offer out there quickly, it was also because I built the trust and relationship in the back end. So there still was a long runway. So I want to give you guys uh, another example of something that I did where I purchased a product because of this. So a couple years ago, I purchased Ramit Sethi's Breakthrough Launch product. And I apologize if you've heard this story before, Um, but it's a good story. So it's worth it. Um, I am a huge fan of his work. I like his no-nonsense, very direct approach. Um, I have his book, I Will Teach You to Be Rich. I love his content, and I've bought uh, a couple of his courses. So, um, in side note, if you're not familiar with Ramit Sethi, you can go to IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com, which, by the way, is nothing, has nothing to do with Get Rich Quick. It's about smart financial decisions. 
Um, I literally just bought a one-off workshop of his on automating your finances. So, I mean, he talks about the big banks and being in it for the long term, but also living your living a rich life and you defining what that means to you. He's, you know, stop with the whole, oh, I'm not going to spend $3 on a latte. You guys remember that whole thing? I think it was David Bach, the latte factor. Yet $3 is not a day is not going to make you rich. I get it, but being smarter about stuff. Anyways, this is not to sell you on Ramit. Um, so this was the first in-depth course of his that I had purchased. The two smaller ones I bought almost, um, my dogs are wrestling now. You guys, I swear to God, they literally sit here quiet all day. I bought them new toys over the weekend because I'm leaving them for a week and feel guilty. Anyway, um, I think the two smaller, one was an email thing and one was a sales letter uh, product. Anyways, um, I knew I wasn't going to need it right away, but I wanted to get it when it opened up again. Um, And I double checked before uh, recording this and there's a wait list. So if you go to his site, you have to get on a wait list for this product. Um, Besides needing the course for myself, um, I, I was excited about this because... I was just a little bit tired of the product launch formula by Jeff Walker, who I have nothing against Jeff. I think I bought the second version of that. Um, and I just bought the new updated book. He has a product launch formula book. Um, but it just felt tired to me. You know, we're, we're at this level with online marketing. There is a market sophistication. We can all see launches coming 10 miles away, right? And the exciting thing to me about the market sophistication is that the work has to be better now. It's not so easy to just be great at copy and sell somebody a promise. You have to really deliver. So I I think we're living really through some exciting times right now. Um, But there was a very specific reason I purchased Ramit's Breakthrough Launch. Again, huge fan of his, but everything he does is based on deep research and psychology. And I'm going to go ahead and just tell you too, like, I don't know him personally, but I follow and read enough of his content to feel confident to say his products are based on research and psychology. He says so himself. Um, but meaning if you buy his uh, behind the sales email course, you're going to understand the psychology of why certain emails work, when to send them and what makes people buy. All right, so let's go back to breakthrough launch. So at least a year before they released it, they sent out an email asking how people felt about launches. And depending on my mood, sometimes I reply. I love email replies, by the way, guys. So if you're on my list, I, I and I'm not saying I haven't missed some before, um, but I always try to reply to people. Um, but they sent out an email asking how people felt about launches. And I responded with a little more in-depth reply about the product launch formula. And again, I'm nothing against Jeff Walker. Um, I just wanted something different. And they responded right away. I had a few exchanges with someone on Ramit's team, and they asked if I would be willing to give some feedback on what they were working on. So they sent me a Google Doc of part of the first module, and I was blown away. So I probably dropped the ball at a certain point in that follow-through, but that's okay. Um, But a full year later, then, when Breakthrough Launch was released, I knew it was going to be good. Not only had I gotten a taste of it, but I knew they had been working on it for over a year. This doesn't mean that you have to work on something for an entire year before you release it. I'm not saying that. It simply means you need to let people know you're working on something and what kind of transformation they're going to get when they invest in you and your product. So the timeline for this, when to start sharing. And I believe it guys, as soon as possible, how often to share as often as possible. I don't know if I'm glutton for punishment or it's a way that I keep myself accountable. But as soon as I put it out there that I'm working on something, it motivates me to keep going and get it done. I love the build in public side of content. And if you've not seen that, I think it initially started with software. They were going to build a product in public. But I think you can do this with courses. I think you can do this with coaching and communities. Um, people like to feel a part of something. So when they're sharing with them what you're working on, how it's progressing, they start feeling like, well, when can I get my hands on it? They've got this emotional investment in you and what you're offering. And remember, which this might sound contrary to what I just said, but 
it has to be about them. So they have to start seeing that. You guys, I can't begin to tell you how many people have told me, and it blows me away, that I've inspired them because I've, I moved to Costa Rica. So there, there's this innate um, relatability that happens when you share the journey. And so many people, I think, are seeing what I've done and going, oh, you know, and I've shared the journey. Like, if you can do it, I can do it because they know me, you know, whether we're personal friends or they've been following me. And you you don't have to want to move out of the country, but anytime you see somebody doing something you've thought about, there is that, I wonder if it's possible for me. And so this is all of that. It, it seems a little bit touchy-feely, guys, but I can guarantee you, I believe this with every ounce of my being, that when you integrate this piece with the business piece, things are going to take off. All right, so here are some of the specific things you can do to start sharing as soon as possible. One, share the logo. I seriously share the logo. It sounds silly. People love to give opinions. You can share the logo. You can share variations of it and get people to vote on it and see what they like best, whatever it is, but just drop it. I did this with, um, I did a free course called content traffic Kickstarter and I had it in, um, all I did was the title and I dropped it into the content creators Facebook group. And I'm like, something's coming. And they were like, you're such a tease. But you know, I started sharing that and that whole journey, which I know I've shared this before is what led to my list explosion course because of the runway that I built for that free course. I ended up with 500 new subscribers in less than 10 days because of what I had been doing up until then. Okay. So share the logo, start creating content about what you're working on. So you've heard me now say two or three times in this episode that I'm launching a community in the fall right? So not too soon. Tease screenshots. This is one of my favorites. You know, I I think we get caught up with, oh, I need to, you know, go into Canva and I've got to make everything pretty. Screenshots are a great way to just keep the progress going. Get an opt-in page up as soon as possible. Just to let people know they can sign up for early access or or early notification. If you want to do incentivize people who are on that list, great, but you don't have to. Um, Guest posts. Anywhere that you can do a guest post and you can link, um, give somebody a link back, whatever, do it. Not give a link back. I'm sorry. If you're guest posting, you're going to get a link back. Uh, Get on podcasts. I mean, all I can do is say no. You could always launch your own podcast. That's a much longer runway. But, you know, there's a whole lot that happens there as well. I am doing an F the Hustle podcast with my friend Molly here. And we had been talking about doing, we've been talking about doing an event in Costa Rica in the spring called F the Hustle live in Costa Rica. We've kind of put it on pause simply because of COVID and that's a big commitment. So we need to kind of see how that unfolds. You can include a link in emails, newsletters. You can do PS in an email is a great like PS. Did you see da da da? right? Uh, do a behind the scenes live stream of what you're working on. This is another favorite thing of mine where people see the process. So as I'm building this, um, I have been uh, utilizing Notion, Notion Notion.so, I believe it is, if you're not familiar with it. Um, But so I've been using Notion. I'm working with my coach and we're backing into this whole, here's the calendar, here's when ads go live, here's this. And so like, what does that look like if I start sharing that process and people see how much work is going into this? It gives people that feeling of, wow, this is really substantial. This can make a difference in my life. Um, it, you know, and, and lastly, of course, is the social shares, part of the content above, but be, del- but be deliberate in sending people to your coming soon page, right? To the landing page. Whatever you do, try to be consistent with it, says a person who has not been consistent with this podcast, but that's okay. Um, <clears throat> this is one of the reasons I love newsletters so much is it's a super easy way to stay in communication with your audience consistently and create content. If you're not used to writing, it might feel a little bit hard at first, but it's a great way to dip your toes into writing more often and getting better at what you do. Because especially, because especially, welcome to Grammar with Kim, especially because there is, uh, if you're curating content, if you're curating and sharing content, 
it's not as in depth as you having to come up with something individually yourself. And it's a, it's a value add. I'm going to go find the best things for you and save you some time. Here you go. I recently listened to a podcast episode with Brandon Lucero where he broke down his recent launch where he did 1.2 million in nine months is how he phrased it with a brand new program. It's linked in the show notes or just go to his site and you'll be able to find it. Um, it's a great episode and it's totally what inspired this podcast. He started running ads and educating his audience months before he launched his new program. I don't know about you, but I'd say a nine-month runway is worth $1.2 million, wouldn't you? I mean, it's, it's really, <laughs> you think about that payday, and obviously you need revenue in your business, but by being giving yourself that time, allow yourself the appropriate runway to build the solid foundation, to educate your audience, to get the opt-ins, to get the subscribers in, and bring them on a journey with you, I would rather go longer there and have a successful launch than, you know, cram everything into a short window, end up exhausted. It doesn't do what you want and you feel defeated. I think we've all been there where something flops and you feel like you poured your heart and soul into it and you did at the time. I'm telling you, I think you can go deeper with providing a better experience by creating better work and by providing more value, which I know it's so trite. We hear that value, value, value. Um, but I would ask you this too. If you have launched something and it's not done well, do a deep dive with yourself. Get a journal and a pen. What worked? What didn't? How did you feel during that process? Were you pushing it because you wanted to get sales in or were you pushing it because it just an idea grabbed a hold of you? That's the other thing, guys. I am such a believer in energy um, that, you know, when you do something from a place of I'm here to help you, that energy comes through. When you put something out to the world because you got to make sales, and I don't mean, you know, there are plenty of people that have phenomenal products, they have market validation, it does well, and they do a quick flash sale. No judgment. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you first birth an idea, a product, a service, give it the time, <coughs> excuse me, to really develop. You know, and if you look at that, you know, Brandon Lister, where you talked about his nine months to a brand new program, I mean, that's gestation for a baby, right? Give give your thing its due time to get some legs. And this is something uh, else I'm a little bit passionate about is when you do this, you know, you don't want to cheat yourself out of the process. If I only knew back then what I know now, right? If only hindsight's 2020. But being in a rush to get something out the door so you can make money never, ever, ever works. When I said that I did the email insiders quickly, it was an inspired idea. And I had been focused on and digging deep into email marketing. I mean, the words, the, the, the psychology behind it, testing subject lines, testing daily emails and writing sales emails and doing coursework on it to practice. You know, it was it was an inspired idea. I was super transparent in how I was delivering it and what they were going to get and making sure that they get as much out of it as possible. So, you know, being in a rush for the financial gain isn't going to work. I'm just going to tell you that right now. If you want to get something out the door to get validation and you're 100% committed to the people you serve, golden which is exactly what I do with email insiders. Like I said, I've given a lot of my personal time to one-on-one calls, email support, support through Boxer, et cetera, because the people that signed up were my pilot program students. And even along with that, you know, when I did these, let's see if it's a good fit, if this program is for you, I showed up and coached on those calls. And if it wasn't a good fit, that was totally okay. I wanted people to feel like that was a great use of my time, that they walked away having gained something valuable for their business. And if it wasn't a good time now, maybe it would be later. Zero expectations. You know, so it's every single conversation I have had has been invaluable. Giving as much time as I have isn't necessarily sustainable, but it helped me learn how I can incorporate foundational training to that program in addition to the live calls. And 
like I said, I put this offer out with email only. No landing page, no complicated sales funnel set up. I emailed my list, asked if they wanted my personal help, did individual calls, and somebody signed up. That was it. That was it. I knew I was committed to the process and my students felt that. So now with the data I have, I can continue to fine tune this program and make it even better. And like I said, the original pilot program will get lifetime access to any cohort I run as well as the F the Hustle community. So my whole point, and again, this is totally in alignment with F the Hustle, is that you can take your time with the work you're doing while still having goals and deadlines. I promise you the journey and the reward will be that much sweeter. Think of it this way. Think of it as setting yourself up for as much success as you possibly can. You know, it's kind of, I was trying to find an analogy with kids in school, but I don't know that right now or in a position to that, you know, but it's kind of like you don't take a two-year-old and put them in kindergarten. You give them the time to really develop the vocabulary and start Maybe you do preschool a couple days a week or whatever it is. You give them that time. And so, you know, it's never been a better time to start an online business. And I think that will always be true, meaning it just gets easier and better and there's more tools and it's ever changing and ever evolving. And so each year it'll get better and better, right? When I started in 2008, I thought, oh my God, what an amazing time to be able to start something online. And it's a hundred times easier today than it was in 2008, but it's sticking with it. And when I talked, when I mentioned the, you know, not cheating yourself out of the process here, here's a a podcast I was listening to this weekend, actually, as I was doing a little painting in my place, I had the apartment painted, but condo apartment, I don't know what you would call it, but um, I have these cutouts, these shelves and the colors I swear, I think whoever decorated this place thought they were in Tuscany or something. But um, anyways, doing some fun, bright colors. So I was listening to this podcast with Ryan Dana Moran. He, um, you can listen to it. It's capitalism.com. And he was talking with Brooke Castillo, who is a good friend of his. I I love their episodes. Brooke Castillo is the founder um, of Life Coach School. And let me tell you, this woman... Uh, it's pretty amazing. Her business does about 50 million a year. I think she is on tr- or 30 or 50. I don't remember. Like one of her memberships does like, you know, 600 K a month or something, but she's created something really phenomenal. But I was listening to the episode and one of the things that they were talking about was, and I want to say the episode was why you're not, why your business doesn't earn a million dollars a year, why you're not earning a million dollars a year, whatever it is. It's all mindset, you guys. And this is the magic of allowing yourself to get better at the work, to trust the process, and be really clear and focused on what you're doing. And so what she was saying is she said, well, I obviously don't know how to create a $100 million business because if I did, I'd, I'd have it, right? So you have to enjoy that process. So the point of it was just saying, you know, I think if you keep going, if you kind of stay on that path and it's so easy to get distracted in this space because of the tactics and strategies that, that pop up. And, you know, I mentioned earlier that I'm sort of this lifelong learner and I love testing and trying things, you know, that is all fine and good. But if, when I look back at how I used to write content in 2008 versus today, it's day and night thankfully, because I practice the craft and I want to get better and I want it to resonate with my audience. So the whole process piece of this is who you become. You become that person that does better work. You become that entrepreneur that connects with your audience on a deep level. You become the person who can sell a two, five, six, ten thousand $10,000 program because of the work you've done along the way. And what I'll tell you is when you do that sort of internal work and you allow yourself to create the process and to take your time and get better at your craft, it doesn't even feel like selling. You just feel this calling to serve people. You feel this calling to help them get to their goals, to achieve what they want to achieve. So 
I know this is turning into a little bit of a motivational rant, but it's it's kind of a hard thing to describe. It's kind of an intangible process that you don't get till you get it. And and I wish there was a better way to say that, but it is through doing the work. It is through doing the practice. You know, it's kind of like how you feel, you know, we compare whether it's dating or weight loss, two things that are compared a lot to sort of online marketing in that, you know, you don't want to date and say, you want to marry me. Well, some people might, but you, you, can you imagine missing out? I mean, that, that fun new honeymoon relationship stage, it's sweet. There's a, there's a giddiness. There's like a, you know, it turns all adults into like 16 year old kids who are just giddy with crazy hormones. When you're in that honeymoon phase, I wouldn't trade that for all the money in the world. It's such an amazing feeling. The same thing happens, you know, as you begin, whether it's a weight loss or fitness journey, but feeling yourself getting stronger, noticing, oh, you guys, it's like being down here. My health is totally improving and seeing a picture of me a year ago. And I'm like, oh, I can totally see it in my face. I've lost weight. I can tell on the scale, but it's exciting. It's that giddiness. It's like, I've got this. I can do this. I can keep going. You know, so all of those things, guys, don't, don't rob yourself. Don't cheat yourself out of who you become through doing the work either. So anyway, that is it for today. I do have an amazing interview coming for you with the next episode. You, I mean, talk about, I told this guy and you'll hear more about it, but I'm like, you have to write a book. You have to write a book. His story is fantastic. So anyways, I love you guys tons. Thanks as always for listening. And if you're not on the newsletter, what are you waiting for? Uh, just go to kimdoyle.com on the homepage. You can sign up for F the Hustle. And I will be sharing obviously news about that community um, and the launch. And again, I'll share the behind the scenes of that whole process too, because I think that there is I know, there's something magic about digging deep and looking at what worked, what didn't, and would you do it again? So have a fantastic day wherever you are. Next week, I will have a the interview for you. And then, oh, fingers crossed, we're back on a regular recording schedule. So thanks, my friends. As always, have a wonderful day and I will catch you next time.